Sometime earlier in the Gospel of Mark, Peter had said to Jesus, Lord, we've given up everything to follow you. What's in it for us? And Jesus said, you know, you'll receive many things in return and persecution besides, which St. Peter wasn't ready to hear, and the kingdom. The, um, they said they were, had given up everything but they realize they may have given up everything externally, but so often it's what we have inside that's hard to give up and hard to change. We often hold on to those attitudes and ideas very firmly, even though sometimes the gospel is in clear contradiction with what we're holding on to within. So it's not only we must give you know, up you know, much on the outside, but we're also called to surrender a lot of attitudes that are in contrary to the message of Christ himself, not just his message, but his way of life. The ultimate goal, often we heard when we were growing up, was to go to heaven. Um, the ultimate goal actually is that we put on the mind and the heart and spirit of Christ. The ultimate goal is to become one with Christ, as St. Paul would say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And um, anybody think they've arrived yet? Okay. So we have a long journey ahead of us, and some of us may not have as much time as others, but um, we still have time. That is the goal, that's the destination that is held out to us, to become one with him in mind, heart, and spirit. And if you've arrived, congratulations. If you're not, haven't, then you're on the journey with most of us. Okay. The, and we hear in the gospel today, one of the things they had to give up. They are arguing among themselves who was the greatest. And um, it's almost like so often everyone wants to be number one. Sometimes in families, there'll be the argument, um, who does mom or dad favorite, his favorite? Are you dad's favorite? Are you mom's favorite? But if ever you are seen as the favorite by the others, you'll find that they will find a way to get even with you and taking it out and trying very subtle ways to make you pay the price for being number one. That probably didn't happen, Emily. <laughs> okay. The, um, so anyway, we almost always want to be number one. Um, we want to be first. We want to be most important. Just even notice the screen credits for like a movie. Did you ever pay attention how long those credits are? Everyone wants to be recognized. So even if they have a very insignificant thing in the movie, their name is still up there that they were maybe the fourth camera or something like that. But everyone is important because they get listed. I know sometimes I've gotten in trouble when I would thank someone or some people for doing something and I forgot someone and left that name off the list, and it's like, you soon find out that they were definitely offended or hurt by it. 
So sometimes I just, I want to thank everyone for who is involved with that, and then I don't miss anybody <laughs> unless they all feel neglected. But anyways, I, being that important, to realize how significant this was when Jesus said it, um, among the Jewish people, the last thing they want to be is a servant. The last thing they want to be is a slave to anyone. They don't ever want to be waiting on someone. And if you ever go to Israel and train the Holy Land, you can uh, even talk with them. And they will say, no, I will not be a servant, anyone servant. It reminds them too much of the time of slavery in Egypt years ago. So that's why there's a strong ingrained attitude against being a servant to anyone. They'd rather be lording it over the servants and have the uh, Palestinians be the servants, but they will not be the servants. So when Jesus is saying it to that culture, that culture had a very strong attitude against being of service to others. Um, so he hit a nerve when he was saying that. And if you talk with the Israelis over there, you'll find out how deep that nerve was. So just, just saying, this was really a nerve. But that's what Jesus is telling us. If we really want to be first, we must become as a servant to others. And tell me this, um, when you were growing up, who was most important in your life? Who cared the most for you? And those were the people that were more important to you than other people that maybe had a great title or a great business or whatever. It may have maybe have been important civilly, but they had really no impact on your life because it really didn't mean anything to you. Um, so whenever often I'm talking with children preparing for a funeral, I'll ask them about their grandfather or their grandmother that died. And what they will say is, Grandpa would always take us down to the ice cream store and buy us ice cream. That was the most important thing that was done for them. Or Grandpa had a, a jar of candy. Whenever I went to visit, there was always candy there, and he'd always ask me to take a piece, whichever one I wanted. That was what was important. And so, in the eyes of little ones, in the eyes of children, Really, the care, the love that you extend to them is really what is very important. Yesterday, I had a funeral, and it was a mother of a little girl that was eight years old. And I really felt the most important thing I was doing yesterday had to do with that little one. Um, we found a rose and put it in a vase, and then had her take that vase up to put it on the table next to the casket of her mother. She had been sobbing so deeply and so profoundly. I thought that was the most important thing that I could do, was tend to the grief that she was showing and that she had within. Nothing else is nearly as important 
as allowing her to express her love and her care for Amon in a very special way. Again, the little one, that's who really needed the caring at that point. So I ask as we look at it through our life, um, are you on a road toward importance? Are you on a road toward significance? Is your life going to have an impact on the lives of others, especially the little ones, the young ones? You know, the tragic you know, stuff that we've been dealing with with the church, that's tragic. But um, remember the words of Christ, woe to the one who gives scandal to one of these little ones. It'd be better for a millstone to be fastened around their neck and cast into the sea. Those are words that I don't know um, how loud they will sound for those who have harmed the little ones. It's that serious, serious of a crime in the eyes of our Lord himself. And Jesus saying, the one who accepts one of these little ones not only accepts them, but accepts me and accepts the one who sent me. That is what reveals to us our love for God. How do we respond to the little ones, the children, whether or not they're among us, whether or not the grandchildren or great-grandchildren, or just children in the home or in our society? How do we respond to them? How do we treat them? And that reveals to us our relationship with our Lord himself, our relationship with the God in whose eyes they are very precious. Um, we cannot overestimate how precious the little ones are in the eyes of the God who has created them. God bless.